Episode 12 of Echoing Nerds, our first episode of 2024. My name is Tim, and joining me, as always, is Dane. Dane, how is the new year treating you so far, uh, 13 days in, as we're recording this episode on January 13th, 2024? Oh, wow, that far, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Going good so far. Um, yeah, nothing real big to report. Had a good new year, had a good uh, holidays in general, enjoyed the time off. The most important part, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the most important part. Um, yeah, everything has been good for me. Um, how about you, Tim? Same, same. Yep. I mean, I know we had a little bit of a gap since our last episode, but nothing earth-shattering or groundbreaking <laughs> changes to report. So that's 2024. But yeah, just looking forward to just all the cool new stuff we're hopefully going to get this year when it comes to movies, TV shows, games, comics, and all that stuff, um, which... I'll be talking a little bit about on, on this episode, but as always, before we get into all our di- great topic, random discussions <laughs> that we're going to have, as we always do, let's start by our continuing our minute by minute commentary of The Last Jedi, going from minute 11 to 12. So as we begin this new year, 2024, I don't think any new media format has come out already this year to kill <laughs> any previous one that we need to add to our list. We don't need to add 4K just yet, but <laughs> probably sooner rather than later, we'll be adding that to our relevant media format that we talk about, how we watch our minute-by-minute commentaries. But so far, we're still good in 2024. So, as always, grab your VHS copy, your Laserdisc copy, your Betamax copy, DVD copy, HD DVD copy. Um, go get your Blockbuster membership card and rent it. Go to your mailbox and pick up your Netflix physical media. Grab your projector. Grab your UMD like Dane is going to watch it on his PSP. <laughs> your DVHS copy, or if you're like me, your converted VHS to DVD copy made on your now 14-year-old computer as <laughs> enter 2024. So it's still alive and kicking. Let's see if it makes, survives another year. But if you got all those ready to go, go from a minute 11 to 12, and I will give the countdown if you are ready, Dane. Yes, I have my PSP. I have my four UMD discs for <laughs> The Last Jedi. Well, only four. Um, they, it must be a really <laughs> compressed copy or version of it. <laughs> It'll be only on four oh, UMD discs. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm, I meant uh, 12. Oh, yeah, I think that's right. it, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I also have my, my copy of Oppenheimer, um, which is 30 <laughs> UMDs. <laughs> The way Christopher Nolan intended it to be watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they, they made new cameras or new film stock or whatever for that movie just so it can be shown on UMD. Yeah. Um, Is it IMAX so yes. enhanced UMD disc? <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think the IMAX technology was there when UMD came out. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> yeah, you're going to miss out on um, um, but yes, I'm ready to. Okay, three, two, one, play. Oh, see that worked out perfectly. 
you i hit turn start hit play here oh. <laughs> one second okay there well, okay go nothing ahead. came through but i was gonna say it worked out perfectly as soon as we hit play page hit the remote detonator to release all the bombs that just came out and started exploding the dreadnought Did i tell you i missed that that where she touches her um uh her necklace the first mm. time <laughs> totally missed that um and that's what these I, minute by minute commentaries are for <laughs> i i didn't put together the connection between rose and uh uh surname page uh, page yeah a brief victory for the resistance but leia doesn't think so as yeah. she watches all those pilots that in her eyes didn't need to die as they just needed to escape and not take down that dreadnought which in the end really did prove futile where it didn't matter that they took down that dreadnought or not one of the uh the big controversies you could say of the last jedi controversies last jedi those two words don't go hand in hand <laughs> you know those those people that are like oh i'll go th- th- this is a this is a bs feminist film how come how come poe doesn't you know <laughs> How come Poe was wrong or whatever? <laughs> and, and that's another sad thing. Another year, and I'm sure more Last Jedi <laughs> controversy discussing discussions that will be coming up in this year. Uh, time time heals all wounds because nobody liked Empire when it came out. So <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know. We'll I've said this before many a time. It's going to be a cycle. I mean, just look at the prequels. Those are already being yeah. looked at more fondly and um, than I ever would have expected when those first came out. And I think the same is going to happen to the sequel trilogy. It's just like yeah, Lucas says, out. it's poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest, it, it wasn't until I saw the Clone Wars or I watched the Clone mm-hmm. the, the Clone Wars TV show that I started to like the prequels. And realize you know, you're not so the only one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, time heals all wounds, I suppose. <laughs> when it comes to Star Wars content, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of Star Wars content, I mean, one of the things I wanted to talk about on this episode, I got a few bullet point discussions of things I wanted to talk about since our last one that I've either watched, listened to, or read, <laughs> but. Uh, over the course of the end of 2023 into 2024, um, I recently Spotify has it where you could listen to audiobooks now if you're a premium subscriber. And I did a search on that and they got tons, almost if not all the Star Wars audiobooks that are on there. I was like, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I've been a premium subscriber for many years now. So this is like a welcome edition without any additional cost. I believe the only negative about it is that they do limit the amount of time to listen to an audiobook in a month. I think it's like 15 hours or so. So maybe like one book a month, something like that. But still, I think it's a really great deal for <laughs> to be someone who wants to catch up on some stories, uh, which I wanted to do, knowing the hell there's tons of Star Wars books out there, both old and new. So one of the first ones, or not one of the first ones, the first one <laughs> that I listened to uh, over the course of the last few weeks was a book that came out last year called Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade which got a lot of great reviews. I saw a lot of great uh, reactions for it. And it's written by Delilah Dawson, who wrote the great Phasma novel from a few years ago. Um, so once I 
at first when I saw like just they were doing a story on another Inquisitor, I was like, okay, maybe I'll I no rush to buy it. I'll maybe get a read a synopsis of it, see if anything important happens. But then when I started hearing all the great feedback I got, I go, okay, I'm gonna have to read this one. And then that's what I chose to be my first audiobook on to listen to on Spotify. And it's been a long time since I've read or <laughs> listened to an audiobook um, on for Star Wars. I think the last one might have been almost 10 years ago, Dane, when you sent me uh, the audiobook for the novelization of the Old Republic. Um, what was it called? <laughs> the Old Republic uh, MMO game, and they had the tie-in yeah. for it. I forget the name of <laughs> name of it, but you recommended it. Yeah. It said it was really good, and it was. I really enjoyed that one. Even though I didn't play the game. Same here. It's yeah. like context <laughs> there, right? Yeah, I mean, um, we all it, remember that it works amazing. by itself. Yeah, we all remember that amazing cinematic trailer they had for it, and that oh, book yeah. definitely goes into that. That moment is in there, and it just focuses on a lot of the different characters. But just a great new look at a Sith character in that one it was really well done. And but what's cool about the Star Wars audiobooks is like all the sound effects and the music that goes with it that just really immerses you into the experience. So I kind of miss that, and it was kind of good to experience Star Wars stories this way again. But um inquisitor rise of the red blade lived up to the hype i've been hearing about it was really really good just a great insight into how a jedi who who is good and wants to be a good jedi but succumbs to the dark side and almost like i was gonna say no by no fault of her own the main character her name's is cat but just i just love how the story really just showed the downfall of the jedi and just how they viewed things and just kind of their dogma attitude and the rules that they have could really affect someone um who you know has this emotion it's kind of and it's hard for her not to show that and feel those feelings that she was having but the jedi just try to shut it down and just kind of making her feel like she never does good and when she only when she makes a mistake is when she gets noticed and when she does things kind of unorthodox but does completes her missions during the clone wars they don't look at it as a success but as a failure um and just how that type of the way the Jedi organization operates can affect someone and just how, when the time came for order 66 to go down, how she would be recruited to join the inquisitors. It's like you totally understood it. And then when she goes further into the dark side and kind of <laughs> exacts revenge on some Jedi, you kind of like you want to root for her to succeed in doing some bad things. <laughs> it's, it's something that you wouldn't necessarily think about as good but the story is told so well that you just can't help for root for a character who's kind of going towards a dark path but it was just a really great look at this type of story of seeing you know someone other than anakin skywalker how they can succumb to the dark side um as someone who was good and truly wanted to do good um but just by certain circumstances and just by the people who kind of failed her uh, led her down that dark path and joined the inquisitors and it just a new insight to look to how certain Inquisitors were recruited as well. Um, this was kind of a, I know this made headlines when it came out because it was a new avenue that was explored to how an Inquisitors came to be, to where, I'm going to go into a little spoilers here, but um, to where there were some Jedi where Palpatine kind of had informants throughout the Jedi Temple. Because you know there's some ordinary citizens who work in the Jedi Temple, but in this case there was someone who failed to, become a jedi but still worked at the jedi temple kind of doing like these menial tasks but we'll kind of keep his eye out on certain jedi who maybe 
when the time comes, would fit uh, for what Palpatine had planned for the Inquisitorias. And this character, Iscat, was one of them, where when Order 66 came, the clones didn't fire on her. They stopped, played a message for Palpatine. Palpatine kind of gave her a choice. You could die or you could kind of fulfill your potential with me and just be free of what the Jedi were holding you back with. And she took him up on that offer. And you just really understood why she did that from the experiences that she had. It's just, like, again, I don't want to give too much away for what happens, but do yourself a favor and check it out. If you're just looking, really looking for a good character story of how someone good can go to the dark side, but yet still has that conflict within them and how that story ends. Um, it is, this is something that I forgot about too, because it's been a while. This character there's two main characters who the story focuses on two Jedi named Iscat and a uh, two Wallen, who's a Tweetlek. But the very end of the book, the epilogue, shows what happens to their characters and when i later found out that that entire sequence played out in charles soul's darth vader comic book run and so when i read that's like oh so she these two characters first made their appearance in the star wars comics from a few years ago and so i looked at the issues reread it and then came to find out that that entire epilogue that's in the book was pretty much an entire issue of that darth vader comic series it was done word for word beat for beat it was just like a perfect union of the two different mediums of telling a star wars story in the comics and the novel and because there has been instances where something would happen in the comics and then it's maybe later i'm uh, shown in the tv series that there's some contradictions there it still works in the overall story and narrative but certain the way certain things happens are different but not in this case it's exactly the same which was cool to read and then after you hear it in the audiobook it was cool to get a visual standpoint from it as you're reading through the comic being told perfectly as it was um, in the book when I read it. So it was cool that these two characters who were only in two issues in the Darth Vader comic um, were able to get this a really great story about them many years later <laughs> in this in this book. So and then it's kind of fun to go back and read those issues. So it was just a really great story um, focusing on these new characters um, and just more of an insight into how uh, Palpatine and the Empire structured the Inquisitorius and how certain Inquisitors came to be. So it was just really, really great. And I couldn't recommend it enough. And again, just going back to hearing an audiobook, a Star Wars audiobook for the first time in a long time was really cool. So it won't be the last now that uh, Spotify has pretty much almost all the Star Wars books and current ones too. So um, it might be just a new avenue for you to keep up with current Star Wars stories being told as uh, novels. So um, it was definitely a cool way to experience uh, a Star Wars novel that I haven't done in a long time. So I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I bought it because uh, it's it's uh, Delilah Dawson, but mm. I I haven't gotten to it. And typical uh, me, I guess. <laughs> I, I bought it, didn't read it yet. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, do yourself a favor. And yeah. Put it high on your to-do list as far as audiobooks go <laughs> yeah i mean i i've heard all the good things about it and i, I uh, i'll read anything delighted dawson really <laughs> yeah i mean so, she, her star wars stuff just alone has been really really great I mean, she hasn't done much i hope she does gets to do more especially on the novels yeah. because yeah the two that she's done so far i think she she done an, another one that I can't remember if it was more like a young adult novel or not, but 
at least the two I've read, Phasma and this one, Rise of the Red Blade, were just fantastic. No, she did the um uh <laughs> Galaxy's Edge. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, which I you haven't know what? read. Me neither, but the fact that she did write that gets me inclined to want to read it more than just <laughs> I have before, knowing it's just something like a tie-in or to you know yeah. with the real opening of Galaxy's Edge. But if she was the one who wrote it, that might actually mean it's pretty good. She did Leia, right? Or am I mixing that up? She did a Leia one, right? Um, no, that was Claudia Gray. Oh, Claudia Gray. Oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. That was a good book, too. Um, so, Tim, now that Monarch is done, was it worth it? Is it worth the Apple Plus TV Plus subscription I'm glad, price? I'm glad you brought that up, Dane, because that was the other yeah. one of the things I wanted to talk about. <laughs> on this yeah, I'm, I'm really wondering because I always see ads for it, probably because uh, we talk about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, Tim, I'm, I'm so close to it. So, what is the final Tim review? Well, it just had its finale yesterday, and I have to say, it really stuck its landing. It was okay. a great finale. But the okay. series overall, okay. it had its ups and downs, I will say. I'm not going to say I was disappointed with it. I just wish it was a little more consistent than it was, for me anyway. Um, but the overall story they were telling, I thought, was was really good. And I think I said this before in previous episodes, I think the scenes and the moments that take place in the past are the ones that really grabbed me and I was invested in. Um, it does obviously connect with what's going on in the present timeline, but I don't know, just some of the characters I thought weren't the best in the current timeline, which took held it back a little bit for me. But it all comes to a very satisfying conclusion where you get some really great character payoffs in that finale for stuff that were setting up in those early episodes. And then you put that combine that with a really great Godzilla fight sequence for a TV show. It was pretty awesome. I only think I wish it was longer, but I understand that, you know, being a TV show, it can't be an extended fight that we see in the movies, but as far as visuals and just even like the fight choreography of the monsters, it's on par with any of the movies that we got. It was really well done. And then where it left off, it really made me hopeful and excited for a season two. Um, so I, which some I probably wouldn't have said early on, like in the middle part of the episodes, but by the time we got to the final bits and especially in the finale, I'm like, yep, I want a season two. <laughs> Hopefully one will get greenlit. And it just adds more stuff to the first two movies, Godzilla 2014, and in particular, actually Kong Skull Island, um, because a major character in Skull, Kong Skull Island is a major character in this series, just as a younger person. So, it all connects very nicely to those two movies and just adds some new layers to it that I really dug. So to answer your question, Dane, I think I think it will be worth it for the subscription, especially now that you can watch all episodes as quick as you want and you don't have to keep it for a few months. So I would recommend it. I'd, if I were to rate it, I would give it. I'd give it a three and a half out of five. Like if I think about it more Maybe I could push it to a four in certain aspects, but <laughs> three and a half, I think, is probably more an accurate score how I feel about it. 
three and a half out of five. I don't. If it was more, if if more of the sequences that took place in the past made up the majority of the season, I probably would definitely bump it up to a four. I'm guessing you didn't like the storyline with those those younger characters, did didn't you? Yeah. Some. Yeah. So I think a little more time was spent showing their backstory than was needed. Honestly, that connected to the overall story of Monarch and the monsters. I get, you know, they're trying to create character development, understand their motivations, but I don't know. Some of it just took me out of it a little bit where I felt it was a little kind of unnecessary. I see. Yeah. I still don't know. I don't know, Tim, that's not a good enough score for me. It feels like, I I don't know if it's just a thing where it's just, I, I, I just have to take the leap already, mm-hmm. you know, or I, I know the first episode was like free to watch when it first premiered. I'm not sure if that's the case now. Yeah. But okay. I think after you would know if you want to stick with it after the first episode. Okay. Because uh, like after know. the first episode, I was like, okay, I dig this. It's kind of like a slow setup, but I like where they're going. And the second and third episodes, it's like, okay, I'm all in. I'm digging this. And then like the fourth and the fifth one was like, eh, it's kind of dragging its feet a little bit. I want to go back to the stuff going on in the past. And then it kind of picks up around six and seven and then eight. The last three, I think, were really great. Just kind of yeah. a little bit in the middle portions where I felt it held it back a bit. Yeah, I know. And that's the part that scares me. And it's like, OK, it's like <laughs> the middle portion. And then, you know, I never watch it again. It's a thing. but if you know that the next few episodes the last few episodes are really good based on what i'm saying (laughs) it just gives you just know that gets better i don't know and plus too it doesn't help that there's nothing i want to watch on apple tv plus um um in the meantime you know Mm -hmm. Like, oh, let's say Monarch doesn't work out. Then, you know, I can't see myself watching Ted Lasso, you know? Yeah, yeah. Even though I've heard that's really good, too. But just never really had an interest for it. Though someone at my job recommended the show Foundation, which is supposed to be a sci-fi series. He said it was really good. I should check out. I saw the trailer for it. It did look looked interesting, so I might check that out. Based on the... Uh... Oh man, what's his name? <laughs> um, oh, the uh, the the author that uh, the sci the sci-fi author uh, Isaac Asimov is it based off that? Based uh, off that? I am not sure. I haven't done too much research into it. <laughs> to be honest, I just saw the trailer and that was about it. Yeah, I'm just looking. Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. Gotcha. So as I'm scrolling through like the episodes of Monarch right now, like I said, the the fifth one is probably the weakest, weakest. one. Yeah. Uh, and then episode seven is kind of, yeah. So probably five or episodes five and seven are the weakest ones, in my opinion, that you kind of have to, to get through. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through Apple TV Plus and there's kind of nothing that would yeah since hey, i still have baseball there's friday night baseball with him <laughs> yeah i remember when i first had that fr- one year of free subscription to apple tv plus it came in handy when the yankees <laughs> were featured on there but i didn't have it last oh. year 
I'm sure they're featured plenty on there. I'm sure. Yeah. And since I saw the description, I probably will check out the Martin Scorsese's movie Killers of the Flower Moon. Since I saw oh, that yeah, description right. and it's, it just got put on there, I'll probably check that out. But as we were talking about before we started recording, the runtime of it might have to <laughs> space it out. And it's three hours and 26 minutes. Yeah, and it ain't about the happiest uh, yeah. things in the world. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't know how much of the second take. Uh, okay, Tim, you, you wanted me over. I'll give it a try. Give it a shot. I'm curious though if it for you if it shows if it's like the first episode is free to watch. Or if it was just like a special they had going on when it premiered. Because I know it premiered like during Thanksgiving week, so I'm not sure if it was kind of a Thanksgiving special thing they were going on or just for the series premiere that they were making. Yeah, I can watch the I can watch the first one. Okay, well there you go. Yeah. I think you'll know if you're into it or not by then. And I am signed I up. You okay. are officially an Apple TV Plus subscriber. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this, Tim. It's too, it, it's too bad I don't have the free trial anymore. <laughs> I, yeah. I, uh, I used it, or I started the free trial didn't use it for that whole month or whatever <laughs> and canceled it. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't use it very much when I had that year for free year. when I got my yeah. iPad pro for the first time, <laughs> but like, like I said, it came handy for the baseball games. Yeah. And, uh, that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I yeah. expect to hear what you think of the first episode when you watch it. You know, let's end this episode now. I'm going to watch uh, Monarch. <laughs> it de- I like to because it mainly focuses just where it takes place in the timeline. It's a year after the first 2014 Godzilla movie. So it's mainly dealing with the aftermath of that movie and from Kong Skull Island, which are the two best movies of the whole MonsterVerse. I just did a whole rewatch of all of them, and I I still think those two movies are great, but, man, it just takes a dive when we get to Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and Godzilla versus Kong. Despite some cool action sequences in those movies, just, man, the human characters really drag it down. Is, um, what was I going to say? Doesn't Kong Skull Island take place in, like, the 60s? 70s, yeah. 70s yeah yeah so this movie has big connections to that and to be honest like there was even connections that i wasn't really aware of until later on (laughs) until like i like i did kind of read up on certain things like oh so that's this character oh that's now this relates to that okay things start start making sense because it's been a while since i saw those movies and i rewatched them because i've been watching monarch and everything makes sense though (laughs) when you kind of watch them all together okay Oh, I'll let you know, Tim. Yes. <laughs> and the whole was the Kurt Russell, Wyatt Russell version of or dynamic of them playing the same character, just younger versions of and the older version of it worked really well. <laughs> the, the father son dynamic of them actually playing the same character. It just it felt like one character. They both just did a great job. And especially, well, now, see, this is a spoiler. I won't say it. But like I said, when I talk about good character payoffs that happen in the finale, it has to do 
um, with that aspect of seeing both the younger version and the older version of Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell's character. That's all I say. It has a great payoff. Okay. We'll see. I'll be the judge of that, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd, I'll be happy if you make it that far to the finale. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoy um, it enough to where you do. Uh, speaking of TV shows, I was going to ask you how that uh, how that Echo show is. <laughs> I, I haven't... I s- um, I swear. Yeah, I haven't heard anything good. I haven't heard anything about it, period. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm just wondering how it is and who this character is. I don't remember her from. Was she in the, the Hawkeye show? Yeah. See, I just got to yeah. say, I, to those listening, I swear me and Dane did not talk about what we were going to discuss on this episode. I had the things I wanted to, but Dane, you're just keep going on oh, really? the next bullet points of what i wanted to talk about <laughs> echo was one of them so we'll okay, see if you okay, can okay let me guess the next one uh yamamoto right no oh no. dang it <laughs> i already uh, came to terms with that i don't want to talk about that anymore anyway <laughs> okay um how is echo okay yeah first let's talk about echo so yes echo um, her character Maya, she was in Hawkeye. She yeah. was the she was the deaf character who was kind of out for Clint Barton as Ronan because he murdered her father, um, and she worked under. Okay, wait, wait, hold on one second, Tim. Okay. Cliff Barton. Clint is... Barton. Clint Barton <laughs> is Hawkeye. Yes. And his daughter's not not his daughter, his protege is who samantha is that her name uh kate bishop is the character. kate bishop oh sorry i thought her <laughs> name was samantha <laughs> okay okay i so, got it okay so yeah. yeah in the hawkeye series uh the character maya who's the main character in echo uh, she works under kingpin wilson fizz as kind of one of her enforcers but um she's after Clint Barton because he she saw him murder her father and at, when he was Ronan during that period in Endgame where he was just killing out and taking out all these criminal organizations is because he was just went to a dark place after uh, his family was taken away during the snap. So is that, that the guy in Japan? It's like it's not the same, but just more of what he was doing and like that <laughs> he was doing just uh, kind of all over the world really. Oh, like Hitman stuff. Yeah, just taking out these criminal organizations. So okay, but then in Hawkeye, it gets revealed that Kingpin was actually the one who wanted her father killed, and Ronan did that, and so it was then it was really Kingpin who had her father killed. And then at the end of that, I don't know if it was the last scene, but one of the last scenes in Hawkeye was Maya shooting Kingpin in the face, believing that he was dead, and so this series takes takes place not too long long after that where she's on the run because obviously the criminal organization (laughs) kingpin still has probably a lot of loyal followers and there's a bounty on her so she's kind of on the run getting away from that and then she goes back to her hometown and she has uh, she kept her distance from her family and kind of has a strange relationship with a lot of her family members and the first episode goes into why that's the case and uh, it does a good job of really kind of setting things up and just understanding 
what happened to her and why she's the way she is and why some of her family, I think, wrongly uh, distance themselves from her. Um, so there's just a lot of great family dynamic that goes on throughout this series. So without going into detail with spoiling, spoiling anything, I will say I really dug it. The My biggest complaint about it was that the first episode was, wasn't paced very well. I thought it was kind of uneven where it was doing stuff where it had to recap what happened in Hawkeye as well as setting the story up for Maya in new scenes while incorporating stuff we already saw before in Hawkeye just to get anyone caught up who hasn't watched Hawkeye uh, to what her story is and where she's coming from. So I just felt it was a little uneven with that, but there's still some great stuff in that first episode um, between her family, but then also just the action sequence that we got in this episode, because we do get the return of Charlie Cox as Daredevil in this first episode with a really cool fight sequence that uh, he has with Maya. And we just, Kind of great to have that type of fighting choreography and sequences that were that we love so much in the Netflix series return here in Echo and just makes me more excited and can't wait to get that new Daredevil series with Daredevil Born Again sometime in the next couple of years, hopefully. But um, yeah, I really dug Echo. It was it's good because it's a story that's very self-contained and told. It didn't drag on and I didn't feel it was too short because it was only five episodes and all five episodes are already available to watch on Disney Plus, which is kind of a first, especially for a Marvel or Star Wars show to have all episodes. But that's not true. Star Wars Visions had all its episodes from the start. But in Marvel's case, for a live action series, the first time they put all five of them out. And yeah, I really dug it. I think the episode or the series gets better as it goes on. Kind of the opposite of Monarch, where I felt kind of the middle ones were the weakest part. The middle ones here are the strongest episodes of the series. And it's one of those things where it just gets better as each episode goes on with a satisfying um, conclusion to it. So, yeah, Echo was a character I wasn't really too familiar with, but I liked her in Hawkeye. And when I found out she was going to have her own series and how she does have connections to the Daredevil and Kingpin uh, universe and that side of the Marvel, that corner of the Marvel universe. Um, it had me looking forward to the series, and I really liked it. Uh, it was different as far as because kept hearing, oh, this is going to be more like street crime level uh, type of story, like the Netflix uh, Daredevil series, which it was to a degree, but it's more focused. It's not like it doesn't take place much in New York. It's really in uh, Oklahoma where she's from, and just dealing with her community and her family there is where the majority of the story takes place. Um, but Again, it was still centered around the crime criminal organizations with Kingpin being involved in him. Uh, getting more of a as Vincent D'Onofrio is always great as Kingpin and Daredevil, and to have him here kind of show some more layers to the character where there's someone he actually really cares about. Because the only characters he really cared about in Daredevil was him and his wife Vanessa, but then this, the character Maya, who he really views as his own child and his own daughter. Um, and we get some flashback sequence that you see why. And it's like, this is one of those things where, yeah, it's like, it's, you're glad to see that there's a kind of like a good compassionate side to Kingpin, but then he does something totally <laughs> awful that makes you think, no, he's still an evil person and you want to see him brought down. And just, it, this really goes into those type of different elements of the character of Kingpin that Vincent D'Onofrio just plays so well that makes you care about him, but also <laughs> not like him as well. So, uh, it was just great having him back in a more bigger role um, since we've seen him in the Netflix Daredevil series. So 
um yeah both him and then aliqua cox who plays maya she does a great job too um and again just it's just cool to see a deaf character be a main uh uh comic book superhero brought to life in live action in this series was really cool to see too so yeah i really like it again it's something that's kind of you can get through pretty quick with the only five episode run but it's a solid story that's told um in just those short amount of episodes so yeah i really dug it is um is the new hawkeye in uh the marvels movie uh yeah at the very end it's not it's not the post-credit scene but it's set up like a post-credit scene it is the last scene of the movie actually but i think it would have been better as a post-credit scene Oh, like getting the new Avengers together. Yeah. Sort of mm-hmm. thing. Oh. Um, so okay. I would suggest checking it out, Dana, after you watch Monarch. <laughs> I'm just taking a look at uh, the thumbnails like we've been doing. Okay. <laughs> oh, five episodes already? Oh, wow. Okay. I missed out on that. No, like I said, all they dropped all episodes all at once. That's it. Oh, they did. Yeah, I, I thought you said the opposite. I thought they, I thought you said they're releasing it. Um, you know, like a regular TV show. No, okay. no, they're doing a Netflix and putting them all out there. So okay. yeah, like I said, you can get through oh. it pretty quick. I'll take a, I'll take a gander too. <laughs> so which one will you start first, Echo or Monarch? Honestly, this Echo show looks really good. Hmm. Uh. And plus, too, I like uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, so yeah, never disappoint. I start off with that one. Yeah, and you said uh, uh, the fight sequences from Daredevil are in here, so yes, yeah. But that's that's another thing. It was kind of being built up as like like the gritty action of Daredevil, which it was, but there really wasn't much of that. I will say, so if you're going in expecting every episode to have that, you might be disappointed. But uh, still, when we do get them, they're just a lot of fun <laughs> to watch. Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like Marvel has the problem that the CW shows had, right? Where the it it's like the same alley in Toronto. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but it's okay. still still better than what you get in the CW shows. Okay, you know what show I for, totally forgot about, and um, and you Marvel fans really didn't like it, was the that agent. Um, that Sam Agents Jackson, that Sam Jackson movie, uh, a TV show. Oh, Secret um, Invasion. Is that what it's called? Or oh, the most recent one? Yeah, yeah, with with the, is it like clones or something? Like oh, the, the scrolls, they, yeah, the scrolls, scrolls who right. can shapeshift, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you didn't like that one, right? No, <laughs> yeah. but if you were to hear me after the first two episodes, I said, I oh, mean, yeah. this has the potential to be one of the best Marvel TV series. But by the time we got to the end, it was pretty much the opposite. <laughs> or it's one of the worst, actually. <laughs> yeah, it kind of jumped the shark. It did, yeah. It just went uh, in a, It got rid of characters that I wish they didn't, and then it just went a direction, and just, that made you scratch your head in certain instances. It was like, why did you decide to do that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That one well, I, one I show. sadly can't recommend you check out, Dane. Yeah, that's one show I'll never see. I think I watched the first episode, I want to say. Which I can't. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. 
is uh Olivia Coleman is in in uh in that show, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I remember seeing her. Like she has a scene with Sam Jackson or something. A few actually. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, pretty, she was like probably one of the better characters in the entire series. I couldn't tell you, Tim. <laughs> uh, so, so we had like Loki season two. I know people were like really excited about it, but like oh. I don't know that first that, that first uh, that first season kind of turned me off. Where really? like just... after like the second or third episode, I was like, yeah, that's enough for See, Loki's that's enough best... for uh, me. Loki is the best MCU series, both seasons, in my opinion. The second season was great, too, especially with how it ended. Yeah. But, yeah, I can understand how it won't be for everybody, though. Yeah, so far, only the Miss Marvel one was the best one, at least for me, anyway. I felt that one had a villain problem or, like, an antagonist problem. <laughs> or just... Yeah, it did. <laughs> and uh, it, I don't think we're getting a season two of that. She's just going to be in movies. Yeah, but well, hopefully more because but after the financial <laughs> disappointment of the Marvels, I'm not sure <laughs> they're going to get their own movie anymore. But so maybe she'll probably just pop up here and there. Yeah, but I know the whole thing they're trying to set up in that final scene you were talking about with the young Avengers team. So if they are going to go that route, then she'll definitely be there. So so what is next for Marvel after the the, the Marvels sort of uh, bombed at the box office? um well it's crazy they, how like go ahead they they only have one movie coming out this year really? in 2024 which is like <laughs> hasn't been the case since um iron man 2 in 2010 like that was the last time there was only one mcu movie but it's, and it's, uh, Dead, movie. it's deadpool 3 really yeah <laughs> nothing connected to the mcu well, no, Deadpool's going to be in the MCU now. So since they own Fox yeah. and they're going to be setting up more of the multiverse stuff. So, but I mean, obviously the draw is going to be Deadpool and Wolverine going at it, which, and I can't wait to see Wolverine in his comic accurate costume for finally after 24 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah. So what, like hard reset? at this point or not yet not yet okay but maybe that's because the next big avengers well see that's the thing still are up in the air there's supposed to be two new avengers movie avengers the king dynasty but now with marvel parting ways with jonathan majors who played king Uh, i don't know (laughs) i don't know if they're still going to do that if they're going to recast or just scrap that storyline but then after that was supposed to be secret wars which is going to be the culmination of this whole multiverse saga and that might establish a reset. We don't know. But we still got a long way to go till we get to that point. So we will see. But as of right now, there's no resets planned until we get maybe to Secret Wars. So funny because I don't know if you remember, but I asked you about that on our last episode. I asked you mm-hmm. like, oh, so what's what's Marvel going to do with the Jonathan Majors thing? Yeah. And At I, that time, like I know I think later, still... you got... Th- convicted or yeah found guilty and then got fired yeah Yeah. people were talking about that before they didn't haven't reached the verdict yet but now that they did marvel (laughs) immediately dropped them yeah but 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 isn't he supposed to be like a shapeshifter or something no they're just different or different versions yeah yeah 
So they can just do that, right? Exactly, yeah. I think they should just recast. I, I believe I said this on the yeah. last one too, where it's like, don't let the actor be like bigger than the character or the role. I mean, they've done it before. They can do it again here. <laughs> so like, yeah. don't scrap your entire plans because of because of this. Yeah, like a good guy would have been um, if if he didn't cast him as Blade already. Uh, was um, Marshall Ali? Yeah, yeah, but like even he, I, I heard he was like thinking about walking away from that movie. Yeah, I've heard right? that too. Because where they're just having they, so much development trouble <laughs> for Blade. Like, because Blade wasn't going to be focused on Blade. It was going to be yeah, focused on like younger characters, mm-hmm. and he he wanted to walk away from that. But like, I don't know. I think yeah. they 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 might have like. He would have been great in that role instead of the the blade thing. Hearing all this trouble with that Agreed. movie, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought that was funny. Like, we were just talking about this, and I saw like, oh, actor Jonathan Majors has been dropped by Marvel. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's kind of a lot of stuff up in the air with the MCU than it has been in the past where everything just was like yeah. working just like a fine oil machine. But now there's been some kinks <laughs> in the production side of things and is outside of production stuff. So there's some stuff they have to figure out as they move forward. Yeah, I think they got to go hard reset on this, baby. Maybe we'll see, but it's uh, still a few years away. But for now, we still got we just got Echo which was really good, and then Deadpool to look forward to. So maybe kind of the lack of content this year might just be actually what they need. It's <laughs> kind of give yeah. a little bit of a breathing room for everyone. So, so what happened with the Marvels? Is just people didn't like the movie, or was there like some controversy or like? Not, what was not the really. Thing? No, just okay. Yeah, I, I think just wasn't a good movie. Uh, I liked it. It was fun. I mean, it wasn't anything like great. Lots well, gonna be groundbreaking, yeah. but it, it was fun and entertaining. The, the lead characters were all great. And yeah, just I think, um, yeah, I, I hate to use the word superhero fatigue because it's like I think part of it's true, part of it's not, to, to be honest. But I do think that that is playing a factor where it's just for the general audience thing. It's another superhero movie that's really not pushing the boundaries anywhere or like not event viewing that we have to go see it. Plus, knowing that it probably will be on Disney Plus and available to stream not too long after plays a factor so yeah i don't know <laughs> just one of those things where it's like the marvel brand name just isn't alone to sell to have people go to the movies so we're not how it was in the case regardless if you were familiar with the characters or not so yeah well that's another thing i guess they have to try to look at going forward as far as marketing this stuff because that was another thing too they were marketing it the movie is like like the next continuation of the avenger stories or the next big event in the mcu is happens in this movie and you have to go see it instead of kind of focusing on what the main what the movie is actually about is what the main characters of captain marvel miss marvel and uh, monica rambo uh exploring their dynamic and sharing these abilities instead of instead they're going no the next big avengers event years down the line happens here when that really wasn't even the case i mean the big thing is was this how the character Monica Rambo goes to another universe and encounters Beast in the X-Men? But that's not necessarily setting up the next big Avengers story. And it's a post or a mid-credit scene too. It's not actually what's happening in the movie. Because what actually uh, happens in the movie isn't really Avengers related or setting up anything really big in the future. So like their whole yeah, market dynamic for for the movie was just 
kind of off point. I see. They're more concerned about like we got to get the story point across so that our next seven movies are. Yeah, that, that could kind of backfire because people might say, "Oh, so this is like almost like a homework movie where I have to see this to sure. understand a movie that's not even out yet. Maybe sure. I'll wait for it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of my problem with the whole MCU period, mm-hmm. except for I guess Thor two, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder, your movie. favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, Thor Love and Thunder, my favorite Marvel movie, I should say. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, you know, you, you gotta watch this one, even though it's not really a good movie. You don't really care about the characters, just so that you can understand the next seven, because this movie is about the next seven. It's not about this movie, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So like. Marvel thought that what worked for them in the past would work for them now. And it didn't. And it, <laughs> yeah, it didn't. Right. And it didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's Marvel is kind of like baseball then, right? Like, Oh, we got this winning <laughs> formula. Um, we got all these star players and we won the world series. And then let's just keep everything exactly the same. Let's not do anything different. And then don't um, fix what's not broken. <laughs> yeah, and then you end up in last place in your division. Okay, I see. Okay, I I understand. Well, um, I I, I if I'm being really honest, I I really like Brie Larson as an actress. Um, yeah, she's good in the role too. I mean, you, you know, whole, I, like, I, I never understood like the online, yeah, like hate she gets and just like controversy that's surrounding. Like, I never understood that. <laughs> I I like Miss Marvel. Um, I can't remember the actress's name, but uh, yeah, I I'm actually gonna watch it, Tim. You should when it when it comes out on streaming. <laughs> yeah, because the chemistry that the three main characters had in it was really good. Like, again, uh, that's what okay. the marketing should have focused on, not setting up. Because a lot of the TV spots were pretty much showing clips from Avengers Endgame and whatnot <laughs> instead of the actual movie. Uh, uh, I see. Okay. Well, I don't know. Hard reset, Tim? In a few years, I think so. I think we're going to get that. I think Secret Wars yeah. is going to lay that foundation down for a reset. <laughs> yeah. Because by the time the Secret Wars comes out, because it'll be almost be 20 years since Iron Man. So I, it, right now it's not slated for 2028, I don't believe, but it has gotten pushed back. I think it's like 26 or 27. So we'll see. But it's almost going to be 20 years since Iron Man. So it might be time. I wonder if um, Marvel would ever do the thing where like they would go back, like uh, do a, a Iron Man 4 or whatever. Like, well, oh, they're going to do a hard we're, reset. We're gonna... Hard reset yeah. means new actors playing the roles already, like whole new universe. That's what hard reset means to me. So if they want to use Iron Man and Captain America again, they can, but would be new no, actors. No, instead, instead of a hard reset, they're going to like, oh, we're going to do Iron Man 4 and we're bringing back RDJ. And he's going to play, <laughs> uh, you know, Iron Man again. It's going to be an Iron Man movie specifically in that period of the Avengers. 
then that is not a hard reset. <laughs> that is yeah. soft reboot. <laughs> Uh, well so, i hope it all works out because i yeah. know uh, hey and if it doesn't man they had a heck of a run so yeah. <laughs> i can't complain too much nothing good lasts forever well it's like dc right you had three great movies um and then things sort of fell apart after that well you know, Marvel to be honest, has, like the, the adventure DC never got and, off to a great start to, uh, yeah. not for how i think of the movie i love man of steel but from audience reaction and box office up and then with batman and superman it, it never got off to the strong start like marvel did yeah yeah but i mean you know in terms of like dc had its day right in the sun it begins dark knight and dark knight rises mm, and then okay yeah if you're going back after that, that okay, yeah. yeah after that it sort of fell apart after that uh yeah all these years later after all these movies and then promises of these movies you know they're doing the hard reset with uh what seems like the right guy in Mm -hmm. charge so yeah yeah so maybe the tables will turn (laughs) where (laughs) dc is actually going to have the stronger universe now where marvel's kind of have to shake things up a bit we'll see but yeah I know I'll be there for all of them like I always do. So <laughs> everyone can talk about superhero fatigue all they want. That'll never happen in my case. <laughs> <laughs> Been a yeah, comic fan a... too long all my life to have superhero fatigue. So why should it change now <laughs> when we're actually getting movies? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you are if you are willing to go see Shazam 2, <laughs> you are a super fan of superheroes, I'd say. That I am, yes. That might have been like the my least favorite movie all of 2023 that I saw in the superhero genre. Really? Yeah, I did not wow. like. It. <laughs> Haven't so gone back to it. What was the best? What was the oh. best movie you saw? Ah, easily, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I absolutely wow. loved it. For me, it's uh, Mayhem. I, it, I mean, it's it's pretty much a toss up between uh, in Mayhem and uh oppenheimer well it's because but, it's so uh, similar so i can understand that <laughs> yeah both have three hour run times and both talk about the one of the worst things to ever happen to humanity <laughs> uh, one of the worst moments of human suffering <laughs> ever uh b- both have that in common but no that's that's sorry that's the reason why i picked me mayhem over uh Oppenheimer even though you know Oppenheimer is a great movie it is uh oh yeah I I also saw Barbie it's really good is it it is okay. really really good yeah it, it I, I know the concept uh is it, it, it's sort of weird but yeah well I shouldn't be surprised like, I mean everyone's saying it's really good I haven't checked it out yet but man after like five minutes of being in that world it's like okay this is like a real real movie <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and l- let me just say some of the <laughs> well I'm, I'm not a fan of uh musicals or whatever but some of the best performances musical f- performances uh that i've seen in a movie <laughs> really <laughs> I-, I have to say like wow. the way they use certain a-, a-, a certain song that you're very familiar with if you grew up in the 90s Okay. Uh, yeah. 
uh, the way they use that song, and then uh, Ken has this big musical. I keep um, hearing or seeing stuff about that online. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's great, and like the storyline is great, and uh, Margot Robbie is really great in it. Um, yeah, that that one. I don't know. You go in with perceived notions of what the movie's gonna be. And then you come out of it with like that was totally a totally different experience than what I thought I was going into. <laughs> so like I would highly recommend um seeing Barbie. <laughs> okay. I mean there yeah honestly with all the buzz it's had and just everyone talking about it kind of piqued yeah. my interest. I wanted to check it out just to kind of see what kind of all the fuss is about. And it works on you. two levels really. It works on two levels where it's like it's a great movie. And you don't really have to understand the themes that they're talking about 100% because okay. you could sort of get what they're trying to say through the through the the, the events in the movie. So it's like a really well-written movie and well-directed, acted. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's it. I mean, it's got to go meet Mayhem and it's got to be a tie between Oppenheimer and Barbie. Like I, I don't know if I can pick one or the other. <laughs> well, you know, the turtle fan in me is glad you have Mayhem as number one. So yeah, <laughs> which yeah. Uh, rewatching oh. it when it came out on 4K, man, it, it's such a good movie. <laughs> it's just such a great yeah, new adaptation yeah. of the turtles. A movie I think people forgot about. Sadly, you know? yes. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of didn't do very good at the box office, did it? Yeah, it's like it didn't do great in terms of second hor- week. Didn't do yeah. horrible either, but. Yeah, yeah. I hope. Well, I'm just. I'm so glad we got those TV series on the way because I want this universe to continue, which I'm glad it is. So. Yeah. So. But my other question, Dane, you still haven't gotten a chance to see Godzilla minus one. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. Ah, darn it. Well, what's it? What's it comes available for home release? You got. Yeah, I think it. that's the best, <laughs> best uh, avenue for me at this point. Because I don't, I don't see anybody playing it right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it its run definitely lasted longer than intended, which is awesome. But it makes sense if it's yeah. kind of starting to wind down now, which is kind of good because I'm hoping we get the home release and the 4K release pretty soon because I want to watch it again at home. <laughs> so, I mean, talk about a movie that was surprisingly shot up my rankings list. Like that's probably in my top three <laughs> movies of the year. It's just it was so good. So your top three is um, uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Meet Mayhem, and uh, ta- uh, Taylor Swift movie, <laughs> right? That's, yeah, how did you, you guess, Dave? Yes. <laughs> okay. It okay. just narrowly edged out. Uh, you know what? I'm rethinking it. I think I'm going to put that above Meet Mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> no, no what actually i'm gonna put it number one yeah number one yeah <laughs> the event of the movie event of the year yes. <laughs> hey you're just a really big swifty aren't you uh, the secret's out <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the last topic i wanted to talk about dane did you want to take a stab of what it is since you pretty much got everything else <laughs> yeah uh yamoto you said it that's it right no, 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 no. I'm moving on <laughs> past my disappointment with that. So, <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, is it uh, okay? I think I got something, Tim. 
it's uh, Pillars of, of the Flower Moon. <laughs> I think the little bit we talked about as runtime was all I could talk about since I haven't seen it yet. But <laughs> let me see. Maybe I can check it out this weekend over the course of today and tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it's got to be Trolls Band Together. <laughs> it's got to be that. Ding, 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 ding. You got it, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is it, Tim? Well, I was hoping just based off you were talk, just talking about right now, it might have led you to it. But the last thing is the end of an era as the T- IDW TMNT comic series will be ending uh, with issue 150. And I got to be honest, I was surprised about that because just a few days earlier, we got the announcement that um, IDW and Nickelodeon reached agreement for them to continue with the license and put out Turtles comics. So I was like, oh, cool. The series is going to keep going and going and going. But not too long after they announced that 150 will indeed be the end of this long running, which is end up going to be in a 13 year run of the IDW team and T series. Uh, we already knew Sophie Campbell was ending her run with SU 150, but, you know, just thought a new creative team will step in and take over, but no, this is going to be the true end of an era. And it's obviously not the end of TMNT comics after just renewing their license, but, um, and the universe is going to continue. It's just going to be different comic series, maybe focusing on different characters. So now I'm thinking, man, are the turtles really going to disband and go their own ways? They kind of already did it a few issues ago, but is that going to be the status quo for a good long while now? We'll get new comic series focusing on where each turtle is at or new characters or whatnot, but it's going to be interesting. I'm definitely glad to know that the universe is still going to go on. That's not ending, but just this long, the longest running uh, TMNT comic series ever is going to end. And it's just, like I said, an end of an era because it is going to be remembered as one of, if not the best TMNT eras ever uh, with just how legendary this run started all the way back in 2011 with issue number one and just maintaining that consistency for all these years and only having two writers on the books tom walls from issues one to 100 and now sophie campbell to issues one through or 100 to 150 it's just uh, really cool that it just had this consistency of writers and obviously had different artists throughout the years but great artists along the way just putting their mark on the ninja turtles and just some iconic looks and designs so it was just fantastic. And again, the storytelling is second to none in this run. So on the plus side, for I know a few people who've kind of been who read it and kind of fell off but want to catch up and get back on it. Well, they now have an endpoint <laughs> to where uh, you have an ending goal to get to and knowing that you, there's 150 issues for you to read if you want to either start all the way back at the beginning or if you dropped off, knowing you just need to get to issue 150 to have the complete story told. So um, yeah, that was a bit of surprising news to get this week, um, but had to mention it because we all know how much I love those turtle comics. Um, I, so much so that I kept talking about it that Dane got into <laughs> those turtle comics. I loved it. It's everyone I talked to about it who may who maybe hasn't read it yet, and I just encourage him to do so. Ends up loving it because it is a fantastic series, and I just think in the end it's going to go down as one of the best comic book runs ever from Marvel, DC, IDW, Dark Horse, whatever. Just one of the best comic runs ever it was just that good yeah i'm i'm struggling to find a uh a or think of think of a comic that's maintained that sense of um 
or or its quality after so after so so long. Yeah, and I can't really think of one. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's sad and it's it's hopeful at the same time. Where it's like, yeah, I, IDW did renew its license with with Nickelodeon, and what's going to be next? Like, what's what's the next series going to be? The next mm-hmm. TMNT series? Is it going to be the is it is it going to be the last Ronin? part two, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, new Toro series. Um, I I can't really think of another comic like it. That's That's been a monthly comic that's come out like every other comic that's maintained a consistent storyline that hasn't done a hard reset that's, you know, uh, maintained its quality with yeah, the art, with the, the writing, <laughs> with the with the storylines in general, um, and I, I I can't really think of a, a comic that's had this many issues that has really affected me this much. You know, even though I came in at issue like one hundred one or something, mm. I want to say, but just speed reading through the entire i don't know 100 issues to get to 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 get up to speed or to get to the current issue was uh something i'll never <laughs> I'll, I'll always look for in a comic book um and probably won't find but um yeah at least i found it once with with this tmnt uh comic you know it's it's uh it's 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 one of the greats you know, i it gotta is. say yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like one of those things you always it was almost like comfort knowing that with these different team and tea series and movies that we got and if, everyone has a different opinions on them but it's like even if you don't like it we always got the idw series that <laughs> has maintained its consistent good quality that we can always go back to that and know we're going to get a good tmnt story um, with that so and hopefully that's the case as it continues and moves on but now it's just going to make that issue 150 kind of more a bittersweet moment when it comes out in april so i, I kind of fitting that it, the final issue comes out in the month of april too right <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll see if april o'neill plays a big part in that story but still it's kind of good that april is the month where it ends um maybe sweet tooth is the closest but that one that, that one only as- went on for like a couple of years exactly not as long remember as remembering correctly yep. yeah 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 and I, I don't think it came out every month i think there was a couple of months that uh jeff lemire missed okay I can't remember exactly um yeah that's like the closest i can come to um yeah uh all great things must come to an end right tim Yes, as we that's kind of that's the theme of this episode. <laughs> you know, yeah. We're talking about the MCU maybe uh, coming to an end as we know it, not the entire movie studio, but just as we know it today might be ending soon. And now Turtles, we know in the IDW series is ending, but like you said, it was great while it lasted, and we always it's always still there for us to look back on and enjoy those stories. So to the IDW TMNT series, we salute you on an iconic legendary run. And I'm sure we'll be talking about <laughs> that final issue once it releases in April. And the new series, whenever it comes out. Yes. I mean, I, you know, you know, I'm looking forward to the last Ronin number two, which I believe comes out next month. So 
has a lot to live up to <laughs> with the already the legacy the first um, story has for it. But how these new turtles were introduced in the last Ronin last the last Ronin last years was set up really well, and I'm anxious to see their adventures continue in this story. So, and I'm sure if this one is successful, we'll be seeing a lot more of this new generation of turtles as part of these new uh, comic series. Well, that's going to start with RDW. Is that going to be an ongoing? No, it's still limited. Limited. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I think it could oh, be, depending on how the story is received and how it does. So I could totally see that happening, though, where these new turtles get their own monthly series. So there's going to be a there's going to be a period where there's not going to be any turtles comics. Maybe. I mean, IDW hasn't really laid out what's beyond issue 150 besides the last round of number two. So maybe they'll announce some titles that pick up immediately after 150, or maybe they're just going to let this time be to the last round of number two and just have that maybe be the main TMNT comic series for the year. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't want to live in the, in those days, Tim. Don't talk to me. <laughs> I guess we'll put the podcast on hold until yeah. <laughs> we get the confirmed new team at T-Series. <laughs> but yeah, so with that, those were the main things I wanted to talk about in our first episode for 2024. So unless you have anything else, Dane, I think that's going to do it. Uh, no, that's, that's uh, pretty much it, I guess, on our first episode. Of 2024. The first of many. We hope. <laughs> we hope. All right. Well, uh, I totally forget our stuff, Tim. Our <laughs> outro part. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we started off 2024 again, but now we're ending our first episode. I'm not a good note for 2024. Um, go over to our Twitter at uh, Echoing Nerds. Uh, Tim's Twitter handles at TimG311. I'll say it for our first episode of the year, Tim. So kind. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dane Says Banana. And uh, if you want to email the show, you can email the show at echoingnerdspodcast at gmail.com. Or is it? You always, you always add too much to it, Dane. It's just so simple. Echoingnerds oh, at gmail.com. <laughs> Echoingnerds at gmail.com. So with that, like we say at the end of every single episode we love each and every one of you with all of our hearts despite our hearts being sad that there will be no more idw team and t comic series after april tim you can't end things on a sad note (laughs) (laughs) okay how about we love each and every one of you with all of our hearts especially Dane's heart after he sees Echo and Monarch Legacy of Monsters, and he loves absolutely all of them when he sees them. That's a good one, Tim. Okay. Despite me getting tongue-tied, I guess. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. See you next time.